When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And today we're bringing y'all, really, Woody, wouldn't you call this kind of like an episode of what this podcast is really about? Yes, yeah, it's, it's the meat and the guts of it. Hey, real quick before we get, I want to talk about our other podcast podcast real quick real life real crime daily yep. y'all it's mondays wednesdays and fridays and uh starting next week it's going to be on its own feed meaning that we're going to give you the links and everything to it so you can automatically click over and go to it uh and you'll get notifications as soon as the drops come out and they're all all those episodes of fire some of them are very funny some of them are very serious uh, uh it's jim and chapman and i and mike agravino and the show has had such success we're, we're taking off the real life real crime regular feed and putting it on its own feed it's like it's it's like a baby that you watch grow up right, and then you put right. them in their own room and they leave your right. bed. Yeah, we're letting it leave the bed and I have its, its own not, room. Yeah, and I kind of think it's kind of like the uh, Howard Stern of of true crime shows. Oh, yeah, man, the, it's, the, it's it's fire. It's, it, 
It really is, folks, and it and it focuses on current crime and yeah. and things that are in the headlines, all related to the crime genre. Right. Uh, and look, some of it is even, is even very have, hard to hear and serious, right. and some of it's funny as right. shit. And hey, you have games <laughs> and shit like Jim beat me again yesterday yeah. on, on one of the games. But Shawshank, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to give you all that shout out and thank you to our listeners on Bloody and and Thank you so much for our Patreon members. Y'all rock, and yes. I know you've been getting a lot of episodes, and we love y'all and we appreciate you. Um, a lot of big things coming. We continue to grow. It's because of y'all. Thank you. Amen. All right. So this episode, like you said, Jim, is the meat. The meat. The meat. And and uh, we're going to call it laying out the wire. Laying out the wire. 18,000 acres worth. 18,000 acres. And we're going to tell y'all, you know, one thing that, what he's described many times on this show, he has a lot of experience with Angola and he's always talked about the out camps that they have and the beeline. And, uh, you know, there are so many pieces to Angola that, that we find absolutely interesting. We know you're going to find it interesting too. So we're going to kick it off with the inmate quarters. So, right. The state of Louisiana, they consider Angola to be a multi-security institution, uh, 29% of the beds that they have in Angola, those are des- designated for maximum security inmates. Right. And these inmates, as we've described in the past, they live in housing units, and they're kind of scattered all throughout that 18,000 acres. Right. Believe it or not, y'all, it wasn't until the 1990s that air conditioning and heating units had been installed inside these housing units. Before that... You, you sweated. Oh, the yeah. Well, the, the, uh, and I'll tell you that most of them still don't have uh, air conditioner. Now, the heating is, is a bigger deal. Most of them have the big giant box fans. And, and so the air conditioner, that's a, this is a little bit misleading because probably 50% of it still doesn't. Right. Uh, that's one of the reasons the radio is so popular. The inmates love, the convicts love to get hurt in the radio because they, they infirmary is the air conditioner now. Yeah, there you go. up in there for a while. That's it. That's it. Look, I eat some jello. I, yeah. that, that's right. Look, when I was a young buck, I worked at a, at a, um, I worked for a company at, and they went in the plants and they would build right. units and I was a pipe fitter helper. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing. Yeah, man, that's look, that's what you want to work when you're 19. And go man, do that. Go work you turn around. Yeah. You make tons of money, but right. man, it's a hundred degrees out there. And the whole point of that is I would do everything I could to get, they would have these little units where you go get tools and yeah, stuff like that. Shops and stuff. And yeah, they would be pipe, air conditioned. Pipe room, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'd go get, uh, I'd go get what, you know, just bullshit stuff right. just to go in that air conditioner for five minutes. So yeah, I can, I can the, dig uh, it. On one of the jobs of one one this is funny. The, um, the bathroom, it was a long line of styles, you know, with the cubicles, oh yeah, the, uh, people were going there and taking naps in the air conditioner. So the, the head foreman of the job cut off the stalls, cut off the cubicles <laughs> like halfway down, so you couldn't sleep in them. Oh my god! But, uh, you awesome. Angola, they don't even have those. No, so. no, they don't. Now, most of the inmates they live in dormitories rather than like cell blocks. Right. So, right. Uh, explain it, that. I think that that is. Uh, Huge misnomer for people. They think that it's all cell blocks. It's not. And uh, 
most of the dormitories house at least 100 to 125 inmates, and you have two dorms um, in, in each section, right? So you have two correctional officers, one watching one. There's a desk, a raised desk in the front, and one's watching one dorm, one's watching the other. And then that's simply so they can house more inmates. And most of these convicts are there forever. They're not really a, a bad problem. Uh, uh, if you're a problem, you're, you're on a cell block. Yeah, there you go. And you might, you might wonder why they do that. And it's it's actually a, a makes sense when you learn. And that is the prison administration, what they believe is that these inmates living in dormitories, they develop uh, friendships and relationships. Almost with, like a sense of community. Yeah, and it, you got to remember, when you're in Angola, you have life sentences or very, very right. long so you're, sentences. You're die. Yeah. yeah, so if you put them in cell blocks, it it really puts them in a hard mental state. Right. So that was actually planned that way. Yeah, well, you know, the, the ones that are on cell blocks, when you first get there, you're on a cell block for X amount of time until they figure out where they're going to put you. But if you're in a cell block in Angola, that's because you fucked up something on the inside. Yeah, it's not what you do on the outside, unless it's death row. It's not what you do on the outside that determines how you live inside the wire. That's right. So that's kind of a breakdown of the inmate quarters, right? So I'm gonna tell you about the main prison complex, y'all. Now remember, eighteen thousand acres, and all these different complexes are spread out. It uh, pretty ingenious in a way because you know they have different fields that are worked and they work from different areas. But the main prison complex um, consists of the East Yard and the West Yard. And then the East Yard has 16 minimum and medium custody prisoner dormitories and one maximum custody extended lockdown cell block. The cell block houses long-term extended lockdown prisoners in transit administrative segregation prisoners and inmates who need mental health attention and protective custody inmates. Now that's what I work, Jim. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 these guys that are locked down on the maximum security cell blocks, it's not like camp J where they don't get out of their cells. These guys actually go out to work and it's two men to a cell instead of one. Uh, um, but they can't live in the general pop because they got caught with fighting with weapons or raping somebody or drugs, something uh, or attacking an officer, some kind of major charge. Ugh. So the admin sex sales, if you're just a regular Joe blow and you get swung, as you hear us talking about, they send you to the whole admin seg until you have your court hearing. And then they'll determine whether or not they're going to send you to the working cell block or release you back out in the uh, population for whatever penalties. But the West yard y'all, um, has 16 minimum and medium custody prisoner dormitories, two admin seg cell blocks, and the prison treatment center. The treatment center houses geriatric, hospice, and ill in transit uh, prisoners. As of 1999, the main prison complex houses half of Angola's prisoners. Now, wrap your head around that. That's a lot. That's over 2,500. That's an aging population in Angola. Um, So dormitories within the main prison include ash, cypress, hickory, magnolia, oak, pine, spruce, and walnut, right? So they name them all after trees, naturally. Then the cell blocks are A, B, C, and D. Um, the main prison also houses the local main prison administration building, 
a gymnasium, a kitchen dining facility, which is a huge y'all, the mess hall, the the Angola Vocational School, and the Judge Henry A. Pollitt's Educational Building. All right, so what they're doing here is they have these 2,500 approximately inmates, and they're all inside this wire. Now, at each one of these complexes we tell you about are, are secured within the cells with gun towers and wires and now the wolves and uh, and all that, yep. the wolf dogs. So, But it's it's like its own mini city. It's got everything, you know, churches and uh, infirmary, whatever, vocational schools. So they, they can the, – the movement of these inmates is still – contained inside of that section of the prison yeah and it's it's very similar to if if there are any listeners out there i'm sure there's a a ton that have been in the military it's very similar to a military base but a lot more controlled it's a military base with wire around each each individual camp if you will yeah Yeah. exactly but totally uh self-sufficient and you know what you mentioned in there about the uh, half of the Angola prisoners being housed in these hospice and treatment centers and all that sort of stuff. Look, aging prisoners, prisoners that are 65, 70 years old, cost nearly four times right. the amount uh, to house. And it's because a lot of them are in hospice. A right. lot of them have, you know, just health issues from yeah. aging and, uh, and so you'll see these aging prisoners sometimes get released if they've right. been in there 40 years and uh, they dying they've cancer. Dying of cancer. A lot of that is the cost. The, the deal is when you get sentenced to the Department of Corrections, the state of Louisiana's job is to house and care for you. And, and so if you got hemorrhoids or you got a bad tooth or you got cancer or whatever, they got to treat you. Yeah. And it's, it's the law. That's right. So we're going to tell you a little bit about the out camps. And, of course, you've heard us talk about that. Angola has several. Camp C. Uh, for example, includes eight minimum and medium custody dormitories, one cell block with administrative segregation and working cell block prisoners. And they also have one extended lockdown cell block. Right. And and so it almost mirrors the, the main prison. But go ahead. Yeah. And then Camp C includes the bear and wolf dormitories and the jaguar and tiger cell blocks. I named those obviously after animals. Camp D has pretty much the same features as Camp C, except it also has a working cell block instead of an extended lockdown cell block. So let me go back and clarify that again for y'all. When I said where I worked the working cell block, that's exactly what it was, but they really didn't work that much. um, They had to get up. By the time you check them out, and they all worked in the field under the gun, by the time you checked them out and they got their tools, it was basically time for the first break. And then they worked till lunch break, uh, work a couple more hours, and then they come back in, check in their tools. They're back in by like 4 o'clock. There you go. And Camp D, now they house the Eagle and Falcon dormitories and the Hawk and Raven cell blocks. And, uh, and of course, Camp D – uh, became notorious in 1999 uh, when a when a Captain Knapps was murdered inside right. the education building in Camp, but that was Camp D. So right. it became notorious after that. Camp F now it has four 
medium custody dormitories in the dog pen, which houses 11 minimum custody inmates. All of the prisoners count housed in uh, Camp F, y'all. They're trustees. They mop floors. They deliver food. Uh, and they perform other support tasks. Um, also, Camp F is where I spent my time inside the wire uh, uh, at the training academy. That's It's housed there also. And we lived in the dormitory. Uh, I think it was eight or 12 weeks and went to classroom all day long. And we ate with the convicts in, in their mess hall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Made you not want to go to Angola, I bet, as a yeah, as right. a prisoner. <laughs> or, or as a correctional officer. Camp F, inter- interestingly enough, y'all, also house, houses the execution chamber, it which does. you wouldn't think the trustee norm would house the right. uh, execution chamber, but it, it certainly does. And Camp F actually has a lake where the trustees fish. Let me tell you about that. The they have convicts whose only job is to go out and catch fish every day and clean them and then prepare them for most of the time it's for the dignitaries, the the people that come in and that the regular inmates don't get them. Uh, but some of the best fried fish you can get. Wow. And, and some of the best damn fishing. I got pictures of my daddy as a little boy. When my grandfather was a judge in the black and white photographs and they have hundreds of sacolay. That, and that they call it right there in, in that lake or pond, whatever you want to call it. Unbelievable. And, you, you know, I don't know if I've shared this story on the show yet, but uh, I actually had a another show that I produced and a, a former inmate of Angola came in to kind of tell a story. And he had told the story of a guy who had been a trustee at Angola for like 60 years. Right. Look, they let the Angola guards and administration pretty much let this guy roam wherever right. he wanted to roam. Um, and he was a good fisherman. And every day it was his job to catch the fish yeah. for the uh, inmates. Right. So one day, you know, he's off fishing and they notice about 20 hours later that he never came back. Yeah. And they go out there and they end up finding poor, poor guy died in his pee rope. Uh. And he was out in that lake fishing and had a heart attack or something and died, but he died fishing, yeah, which is what he did good, for Angola. Good way to go I, guess, there. I guess yeah. he probably wanted to go that way. Right. So, uh, anyway, that's, that's what Camp F is where the lake is that the trustees fish in. Um, it's really off y'all from the rest of the prison. It's kind of its own mm-hmm. in its own little section. It's, it's kind of off from everything way else out there. That I'm going to tell you, like, it's like, you wouldn't believe it. It's like a 15-minute drive or more when you get inside the gate to get there. Yeah, so uh, very interesting. And it also houses the CCR unit, which is closed cell restricted. Uh, that's an isolation unit located near the main entrance. It has 101 isolation cells. That's for the worst of the worst. That I'm not what you did on the outside, what you do on the inside. And that's, that's ones that kill other inmates or guard or you know, guards and whatever. Yeah. And it also has 40 trustee beds in the CCR unit. And you may wonder what the deal is with that. Well, the trustees are the ones who keep it clean. Yeah. Look, when you're in CCR, you don't get out. They, they, right. You could, they keep it clean. Look, a lot of times they gas and, uh, which means they throw shit and piss on, on the thing or somebody might 
shit themselves in the cell. I had a lot of that. People just cover themselves in their own feces, and somebody's got to clean it up, and the, the inmate or the convict that did it didn't clean it up, and so they have to remove them from the cell, and you go and clean it up. But they also have to cook and feed for them and do their laundry and cut the grass and shit. I mean, everything's got to be taken care of. That's right, and and uh, it formerly housed Camp J until mm-hmm. Camp J was closed in 2018. If you're not familiar with Camp J, we got a whole episode right. dedicated to that. The, it's the, really good. Simply the worst uh, uh, lockup in the United States of America until it was closed. And in Camp J, when it was open, housed the alligator, barracuda, gar, and shark cell blocks. And Woody is known for catching gar right i like my gar uh, i like my alligator also shoe pick i don't mind i don't mind a shark either the shark though when you feel like you uh, know a shark doesn't have any bones yeah and and then uh, i did know that actually you put it under people say you can't eat shark that's not true you put it you cut it in the steaks and you run it under cold water until the meat stops bubbling and then it's it's like tuna i'm gonna tell you what i went fishing one time in the gulf and offshore and everybody was laughing because they were catching redfish. All I caught all day was shark. And look, that sounds fun. Let me tell you, it's fun to fight them. Right. But it will wear yeah. you out after yeah. about five of them. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. I was a shark killer. That's what they called me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, all right. Let me tell you all about reception center and death row. The reception center is the closest prison housing building to the main entrance. It acts as a reception center for arriving prisoners. It's located to the right of the main highway inside the main gate. So picture this. You you come through the main gate. They shake you down, shake your vehicle down. No, it, look, it's, I mean, you have to, especially if you work there, you got to drive to wherever you're going. And uh, as soon as you come in to the right, besides the B-line, is is reception center right i mean it's 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 building it's first thing you're going to see um in addition to it it contains death row that's what uh, people are shocked by a lot of times that you would put death row right inside the gate yeah that now where death row is and where they kill them at um in camp f is a long 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 ways away where the death house is so right before they kill them a couple days before they kill them they move them to the the death house and way in the back of the prison and they put you under 24 hour security watch have somebody sitting in front of yourself 24 hours because they want to make sure you don't kill yourself before the state of louisiana gets to wow so in addition it contains the death row for male inmates in louisiana with 101 extended lockdown cells housing condemned inmates the death row facility has a central room and multiple tiers the entrance to each tier includes a locked door and color photographs of the prisoners located in each tier. So that's why you, you can't, uh, when the COs walk in the tier, they, they can make sure you're the one that's supposed to be inside that uh, that cell. And hmm. believe it or not, they actually had, and we'll, we'll talk about it uh, in detail one day, the four inmates that try to escape from death row. Uh, the, uh I think it was in the 90s, but we'll get to that later on. But death row includes eight tiers, lettered A to G. Seven tiers have 15 cells each, while one tier has 11 cells. Now, when you say tiers, are they stacked on top of each other? No, 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 no. No, no, that's another misnomer. It's tiers uh, uh, everywhere I've been. uh, 
I've been to all of them in the state of Louisiana at one point or another. But tiers are long, straight hallways with cells on one side, windows on the other, okay, or fans or whatever. But the that's for security reasons so they can't face each other. And imagine on death row, if you sit, if I could sit across from you, it's not like um, – the green mile, right? If I can sit across <laughs> from you, I'm going to fuck with you all day long. You know, probably a mental case or whatever. Or like they said, Derek Todd Lee did to, I mean, did to uh, Gerald Bordelon. They would just ride his ass, even though they couldn't see him. From the time they woke up at night, they were like, hey, baby killer bitch, why don't you just go ahead and mm. kill yourself and all that. Um, so tears along straight hallways that you, uh, I made 14 million rounds up and down in my career. The, the death row houses exercise areas with basketball courts. The death row facility was constructed in 2006, and there is no air conditioner or cross ventilation. And let me tell you all that. The exercise area, they don't let them all out in the yard at the same time. They, that's when they get their one hour out, and it's little screened in. Basically, a dog cage is what it equates to, but they have to give them that by certain rights because they've sued over the years and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's stinky. It's nasty. And I can imagine as a guard, you don't really want to work that. No, no, no. And, and I think it, I, I may be wrong on this now, but it used to be, um, death row. You had to volunteer to work there because it takes, and if you want to be removed from there, you, they, they would move you somewhere else because people get burned out. I mean, you're dealing with like, do they? Do you get any extra money for working that? No, oh, no, they should at least give you a dollar extra right, an hour or something. Right, like oh, hazard man. pay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in addition, the reception center has one minimum custody dormitory with inmates who provide housekeeping for the facility, and they're talking about uh, death row facility, y'all. In June of 2013, three prisoners filed a federal lawsuit against the prison and court in Baton Rouge, alleging that death row facility does not have adequate measures to prevent overheating. <laughs> well, they're right. <laughs> Woody would agree. Yeah, but I don't, I don't agree that they deserve it. <laughs> uh, the prisoners said that due to pre-existing medical conditions, the heat may cause health problems. Brian A. Jackson, the district federal judge, ordered collection of temperature data at Angola Death Row for three weeks to determine the conditions. During that time, Angola officials blasted outer walls of the prison with water cannons and installed window awnings to attempt to lower the temperature data. Well, that's <laughs> funny. In response, Jackson said that he was troubled by the possibility of manipulating the temperature data. <laughs> On Monday, Monday, August the 5th, 2013, the federal trial regarding the condition of death row in high heat started. The following day, Warden Burl Kane apologized for violating the court order regarding data collection. On Wednesday, August 7th, 2013, closing arguments in the trial ended. In December of 2013, the same judge, just uh, Judge Brian Jackson, ruled that the heat index of the prison was cruel and unusual punishment, and therefore a cooling system must be installed. Well, that was new for me, y'all. By 2014, a court order planned to install a cooling system was underway. So now you're housing them with your tax dollars and cooling them off. And wrap your mind around this. So basically, they... <laughs> 
I mean, that's pretty ingenious by Merle Kane. Maybe, maybe a little uh, bit illegal, right. but let's call it. Let's call it. Go what wash you, down what, the, what you the walls. Get, what you gonna do to me? And hey, it wasn't correction officers washing down the walls. He had trustees out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was like, we mm, drop that temp a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Because it's only one hundred and sixty-seven. Genius. In there, right? um, as of May of twenty nineteen, the issue was close to being resolved after a six-year-long court battle. A settlement has been reached between the death row inmates and the president. You know, one of the things they did, I remember, just popped back in my head on the dormitories and stuff and in the rec rooms. Um, they had the big fans, but you know what they would do? They had inmates whose only job was to uh, bring in those orange igloo coolers yep. full, full of uh, ice water. So mm. they at least you have something cool. That's right. That's right. Anyway, the settlement agreement calls for daily showers. Then uh, I can assure you that was much needed for th- um, for the three Angola inmates of it at least fifteen minutes. Individual ice containers. Here it is at, um, that are timely re- replenished by prison staff. That's not true. That's convicts and i'm pretty sure the correction officers never filled up my ice that. getting low in right. here <laughs> individual fans water faucets in the cell icy breeze units are so-called cajun coolers <laughs> and the version of cool air from the death row guard pod into their cells now that that's funny right? <laughs> the, the cajun cooler i mean to, to me that's when i buy a 12 pack and the thing, and I don't have an ice chest in my car, so I pour back ice in there, right? And and it'll keep it cool until the cardboard melts away. On this, they're taking uh, ice chests, and they're putting a fan behind the ice chest and blowing the cool air from that. But the funniest, the the COs in, in that in that pod that are running everything, they got air conditioner. So now, the, 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 I don't know how they do it. I guess through bars or whatever, they put in a fan, a little fan there, and blowing a little cold air down the tier. Now we're going to tell you all a little bit about the B-Line. You've heard about us both talk about the B-Line in past episodes. My and mama was raised there, and I've got all the photographs. My grandfather being the first parole officer to ever live uh, uh, on the grounds of Angola on the B-Line, and mama was a little girl with her two little sisters. Now, y'all, this is inside the wire, and they had – the um, trustees who cook for them every day and did all the stuff. And, and um, mama said when her baby sister was born that the, and evidently they were born there also. I don't know, but she said that um, she remembers my papa saying, I, I never had so many biscuits in my life. Like they were, everybody was there congregated and, and they, they, they cooked for them, clean for them, everything. Would you tell them? About so, Beeline. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very interesting. They actually had an elementary school called Tunica Elementary School. For the Tunica Hills, which surround Angola. And that would, all the children on the B-line, which there were a lot of kids, you know, you had guard families. A whole whole, um, city. I mean, everybody that lives and works there. So they would go to school at Tunica Elementary School and all go to school together. They, the facility... They had a group of houses, of course, called the B-Line, and that was for prison staff members and their families. And inmates would actually perform services for the staff members in their households. They would, have, you know, some of them had, I don't know if you call them butlers, but. No, basically what it was. I mean, yeah. It was a pretty good deal. I mean, it's a pretty good part because they weren't making any money. That's it. They cut the grass for them, all that kind of Paint stuff. Paint the houses, then yeah. everything. Yeah. Every, every little thing. Uh, they have rec centers there. They have pools. They have parks, just like you'd have, right. you know, in any community. And they even uh, have an Angola Beeline Chapel mm-hmm. that was dedicated back in 2009. Uh, residents are zoned to the West Feliciana Parish Public School System. So, uh, as Woody just mentioned, Tunica Elementary School, which is in West Feliciana Parish, that's the public school there where, where the elementary school is located. But they go to those West Feliciana uh, public schools, and yeah. they actually have several several more on the Angola uh, serving the Angola grounds, including Baines Lower Elementary School and Baines Elementary School, which is located in Baines. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely outside the the gate and probably. Back in the day, that road used to be, it used to take you 30, 40 minutes to get up the road. It was a curvy, small two-lane road. Now they made it pretty much like a the Audubon. Uh, they cut it straight through the hills, but Baines is a little ways away. Yep, it's, a, it's actually about four miles from Angola. Uh, and is several miles from the, the main entrance. Many of its students live on the grounds. And, uh, you know, the sad thing is you go through budget cuts. We talk about this in prisons. Uh, that's the first thing uh, legislators look to cut is their prison budget because, heck, man, who wants to pay for prisoners, right? Uh, the problem is, uh, you know, in one of these budget cuts in 2011, they actually had to close Tunica Elementary. Right. And, and y'all, that is um, – not a direct result of the budget cuts from West Feliciana Parish because West Feliciana Parish is one of the, if not the richest parish in the state of Louisiana. And that is because way, way back when in the 70s, they built the nuclear plant there. And they deferred their tax options for however many years to get them to come there and locate. But once the taxes kicked in, West Feliciana, now look, West Feliciana is small, okay? And St. Francisville being the, really the only town, 
the um but they're but it's beautiful it is uh, y'all it's the the hills of louisiana is what i call it it's on the mississippi river and all that that's what my mom was raised after the beeline and but it um west felician sheriff's office has horse division they have their own helicopter they've got everything because they get all this tax money well the tax money that comes from the nuclear plant goes to three places. It goes to the sheriff's office, the school system, and um, uh, the parish government itself. Yeah. So, um, y'all, let me tell you about this. Now, you think it, when, when I say city and you say 6,000 inmates and, and however many COs and, and all their family members and, and whatever, that's that's bigger than the town I grew up in. But they have Angola also has its own fire station, and the fire station houses the Angola Emergency Medical Service Department staff who provide fire and emergency service to the prison. The Angola Fire Department is registered as Department Number Six Three Zero Zero One with the Louisiana Fire Marshal's Office. The department's equipment includes one engine, one tanker, and one rescue truck. Within Angola. The department protects 500 buildings, including employee and prisoner housing quarters. The department has mutual aid agreements with West Louisiana Parish and the Wilkinson County, Mississippi. All right, I want to talk about this for a minute. The you got to think about this. They have their their own EMTs. Is they get used more than anything. So you got 6,000 inmates, whether it's a stabbing or an old person dies or somebody has a heart attack or whatever it may be. They actually respond. It's like a nine one one call. They hit their their pagers or the beepers and goes to the, um, the control center and they call them out. They dispatch them out. But believe it or not, they actually have fires in Angola. And one of my buddies was over uh, a couple of years ago at my bar and we were drinking and he was an EMT at Angola. And uh, but he also doubled up as a firefighter and they had a big fire one morning in one of the vocational schools. So I mean, it happens. The uh, but this is just really, hopefully, brings it home for you. It's really its own city. The main entrance to Angola has an etched monument that actually refers to the Epistle of the Philippians uh, three fifteen, and reflecting the historic dominance of the Catholic Church in South Louisiana. And y'all, if you're not uh, from South Louisiana, you can't really grasp it. But look, you you start getting in, especially the the Cajun French country of Louisiana. If you don't have a Mary statue in your front yard, yeah, people right. are raising eyebrows. Well, that's at how you. we have Mardi Gras and, and Lent and everything else. Very very um, deep Catholic roots in South Louisiana. That's right. So that's that's kind of a a um, an ode to that. And in the 2000s, the main prison church, the churches for Camp C&D and a grounds chapel were constructed as part of an effort to build chapels for every state-run prison facility. So they really put a lot of effort into getting, you know, religion out there into the prisons. They saw uh, what Angola had done with that and what Burl Kane had done with that and how it, it seemed to bring peace or more peace to the prison. Uh, a staff and a f- and family of the staff chapel was under construction, and they would get donations from outside. And look, the prison radio, they would 
the ticket sales to that would fund these churches. So, so it wasn't something that the public was funding. It was something they were getting either donations through or of course the radio, which is very popular. We'll do an episode on at some point. Uh, they would get the ticket sales and they would apply that the camp C chapel and the beeline chapel were both dedicated on the same day. And the most recent structure is a beautiful chapel y'all called our lady of Guadalupe and it's six, thousand feet that structure was built uh with over four hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of donated materials by latin american businessman jorge valdez uh and fernando garcia so they actually uh that's some uh businessmen with some deep pockets that are doing some good right woody this next part just blows my mind yeah so uh its design resembles the alamo and i'm going to put a picture up uh on the bloody angola i might do a little blog on this and put it on the bloody angola website as well but uh i'll put it on the facebook for sure and it is just absolutely beautiful looks just like the alamo and it was built in 38 days by 50 prisoners y'all crazy six thousand square feet six thousand square feet 38 days i can't build a bathroom in 38 days you heard (laughs) it opened in 2013 and it includes seating for more than 200 Features, paintings, furniture, and stained glass windows crafted by inmates. And me and Woody are going to be going to Angola and doing a a visit hopefully soon. And we're going to look all the things we're telling you about today. We're going to, we're going to have pictures and we're going to tell you more about it. We're real excited about that. We'll be able to tell you individual stories from each one of these locations. Absolutely. Tour guides and. Yes, Angola has tour guides. Yes, they do. And and uh, actually, Kelly Jennings, who was on, right. on the show, was a tour guide at one right. point for Angola. Uh, so we'll definitely bring you some information more on the Alamo of Angola. Yeah, and it's crazy. Um, so, you know, also, y'all, this is going to blow your mind, I think. Um, the recreational facilities in, like, Butler Park, Prison staff members have access to recreational facilities on the Angola property. Angola has ball fields, the Prison View Golf Course. The Prison really, View. It's really a nice golf course. It really is. Y- yes. A, a, I got something to say about A swimming pool, a tennis court, and a walking track. All right? So you get it all right there. You live on the beach. line. It's making me want to go work at Angola. I <laughs> I uh, got a maid. So Lake Kilinari, an oxbow lake of the Mississippi River located on the prison grounds, has large crappie fish. Some people call them sackalay down here, yeah. crappie, whatever you want to call them, white person, the best eating fish in the world. Big as your hand. Y'all, an oxbow lake is, is simply means it's like False River. It's where the Mississippi River over time has shifted course and it blocks off uh, like a bend or um a stretch of water that used to be part of the Mississippi River. Oh, dang, what are you full of good information? Yeah. The prison administration controls access to Lake Killarney, and few people fish there. The crappie fish grow very large. Remember I told you I have the pictures of my daddy as a young boy fishing yep. there. Butler Park is a recreational facility on the edge of the Angola property. It houses um, gazebos, picnic tables, and barbecue pits. As of 1986, a prisoner 
who has no major disciplinary issues for at least a year may use the property. It's mm. crazy, right? Um, the Prison View Golf Course, all right? Prison View Golf Course is a 6,000-yard, nine-hole, 36-par golf course. It's located on the grounds of Angola. Prison View, the only golf course on the property of an American prison, is between the Tunica Hills and Camp J at the intersection of the Beeline Road and Camp J Road. All individuals wishing to play are required to provide personal information 48 hours before their arrival so the prison authorities can conduct conduct background checks. Convicted felons and individuals on visitation lists are not permitted to play on the golf course. So basically, y'all, if you, if you don't want to go play the golf course in Angola, you can. You just got to get a security clearance. Current prisoners at Angola are not permitted to play on the golf course, but I bet you they cut that grass. <laughs> <laughs> the golf course constructed on the site of a former bull pasture opened in June 20, uh, of 2004. Prisoners perform most of the work to construct the course. Prisoners that the administration considers to be the most trustworthy are permitted to work at the golf course. Warden Burl Kane stated that he built the golf course so that employees would be encouraged to stay at Angola over the weekends. He wanted them available to provide support in case of an emergency. Pretty very, ingenious, right? Very ingenious. Yeah. And let me tell you, there's somebody, Woody, that listens to this show, and I'm talking to you now. You know who you are, and you actually designed the Prison View Golf Course, and you were uh, an assistant warden at Angola for years and years, and your, uh, your, I believe it was your dad or your grandfather was actually the warden at Angola, right. and you know who you are, right. and you said you was coming on the show, and me yeah. and Woody yeah, could, would love to have on. you on and talk on. about Especially, you know, the process of designing that golf course. Right. Uh, so you're out there. I don't want to shout out your name just yet, yeah. but uh, get in touch with us. Messages. We look forward and let's, to having you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's get let's make it happen. So, all right, y'all. Let me tell you about the guest house, the ranch house, as it's called, as a facility for prison guests. James Ridgeway of Mother Jones described it as a sort of clubhouse where the wardens and other officials get together in an atmosphere for chow prepared by inmate cooks. Originally constructed to serve as a conference center to supplement the meeting room in the Angola administration building, the ranch house received its name after Burl Kane was selected warden. Kane had the building renovated to accommodate overnight guests. The renovations, which included the conversion of one room into a bedroom, and the addition of a shower and a fireplace costs approximately $7,346. That's because of the free labor. <laughs> uh, traditionally, <laughs> prisoners who worked successfully as cooks at the ranch house were later assigned to work as cooks at the Louisiana Governor's Mansion, and that's so true. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and and you better believe they can cook, right? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Look, all, all this talking about the layouts making me want to go right, live there at least up. for a day. Hey, hey, you're listening because uh, we've been saying we're going to do the tour, et cetera. If you're listening, I know a lot of y'all are a uh, uh, shout out. First of all, I want to give just a shout out to the correctional officers and, and all the people who make Angola run every day. We've never done that, I don't think. And we really do appreciate yeah. y'all. But we Let want to come have a full blown tour, maybe two. Uh, um, 
So reach out to us. Yeah, please do. Just shoot us a message on uh, on Facebook is fine. I know a lot of you catch it there or go to the website. You can message us there and uh, and let's make it happen. Right. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Terry's. Yep. So obviously... Uh, you have a prison. You got to have a prison cemetery when you're the largest maximum security prison in and, America. And, and mainly because um, a lot of these people are going to die there. You go in for however many years, and you're first in, and you, your family keeps contact, and your parents die off, and your grandparents die off, and a lot of them, by the time they, it's their turn to die, they don't have any family left. That's right. Yeah. So Angola had uh, established Point lookout cemetery and that was established in 1927 yep. y'all check out a full episode that we've done on that absolutely and then uh point lookout kind of uh got full and so they had to have point lookout two which is also a prison cemetery and this is located on the north side of the angola property it's at the base of the tunica hills and deceased prisoners from all state prisons, not just Angola, right. but all state prisons have been buried uh, there who were not claimed and transported elsewhere by family members. So if you had a plot somewhere that was a private family plot, right. certainly uh, you could be claimed and buried wherever you want. But as you can imagine, most prisoners, uh, hey, you uh, know, they were funeral, buried. Funerals aren't prison. cheap. And no. now the, another episode we did, y'all need to go listen to, uh, uh, where we talk in detail about the casket making and the burial process. Absolutely. And a white rail fence, y'all, surrounds a cemetery, and it's a it's a beautiful cemetery. Right, right. They keep it up. Uh, keep uh, it up. And convict labor. That's right. And another reason the they had to create a point lookout, too, and this is something not a lot of people know, but with point lookout uh a 1927 flood actually destroyed just absolutely destroyed that cemetery which was located where camp c and camp d are located now and in september of 2001 they installed a memorial uh at camp c and d and they kind of dedicated that to unknown prisoners right um now, the Point Lookout plot established after 1927, so Point Lookout 2, has 331 grave markers and an unknown number of bodies. Right. But they consider it full. Yeah. yeah. So um, you can imagine that. Now, it's uh, Point Lookout 2 is 100 yards east of where the original Point Lookout was, and it was opened in the mid-1990s. It has a capacity of 700 grave sites, and as of 2010, there's 90 prisoners buried there. Yeah, well, guess what? The um, I can guarantee you with the rate that convicts are dying nowadays, you can look out for a point lookout three coming at you real soon. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Angola Museum. Yes, it's, let's do. It's operated by I'm a excited. nonprofit, Louisiana State Penitentiary Museum Foundation, is an on-site prison museum. 
Visitors are charged five dollars adult admission fee, three dollars per adult if the group is ten or larger. The museum is located outside the prison's main gate in a former bank building. Isn't that cool that they they even had their own bank at one time when my mom and them were kids? Of course they had their own post office and all that. But anyway, get back to it. The um I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, it is. And, and we'll be bringing y'all a lot from there. And the convicts that work it, the trustees that work it, are the only trustees, well, I can't say the only ones, but almost the only ones who work unsupervised outside the wire. There you so go. So the Angola Airstrip, believe it or not, the, the Angola has its own airstrip or airport, y'all. The prison includes the Angola Airstrip. The airstrip is used by state-owned aircraft to transport prisoners to and from Angola and for transporting officials on state business to and from Angola. The airport is used during daylight in visual flight rule times. All right, so let me tell you about this. My mom was on the parole board many years ago in the in the nine no in the late eighties, um, and they used to fly them in to different prisons. That, so I can pretty much assure, assure you they they almost never fly in convicts. It's not con air. They, they're busting them in. But the airstrip, people come in and uh, whoever, dignitaries, governor or whatever, come in, they fly them in there. It's, it, it's faster you have to fly from Baton Rouge Airport to, to there. It takes probably 15 minutes. So the guardhouse has lawn barriers with stop signs to prevent automobiles from entering and leaving the compound without the permission of officers. Uh, to allow a vehicle access or egress, the officers manually raise the bars, just like you would right. you would see at, at, a, at an Air Force base. And we're going to tell you a story one day of, of an escape attempt that ended at that guardhouse. Now, the Front Gate Visiting Processing Center uh, has a rated capacity of 272 persons, and they do processing and security uh, screening for prison visitors, uh, you know, people that come in to, to visit, obviously, the people at Angola. They want to make sure they're not smuggling anything from right. shanks to, to drugs. So, uh, uh, also... The United States Postal Service actually operates the Angola Post Office on the prison grounds. Many people don't realize that. Tell them when it was established. 1887. October 2nd, 1887. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. And the David C. Knapp's Correctional Officer Training Academy. The State Training Center for Correctional Officers is located on the northwest corner of Angola in front of Camp L. That's the same place it was when I went y'all, but Captain Knapp's hadn't been murdered at the time. And like um, the Brent Miller firing range, that's another series we did. Um, that's not really a place that you want your name up. If your name is up on, well, the Butler Park, he was a former warden, but if your name's up on something out there, that means you're dead. Yeah, yeah. so near the training center, uh, Angola prisoners maintain the only nature preserve located on the grounds. The R.E. Barrow Junior Treatment Center is located on the Angola premises. And, you know, Angola is kind of world-renowned for their treatment centers. Yep. Uh, also, the C.C. Dixon Canine Training Center yep. is the dog training area. Of course, we, we've we done episodes on 
uh, the amazing work that they do with canines mm-hmm. in Angola. Mm-hmm. Check out Wolf Dogs. Yeah, great episode. Wolf Dogs, great, super episode. Uh, it was named in 2002 to commemorate Connie Conrad Dixon, who was a dog trainer and canine officer who died in 1997 at the age of 89. Uh, and the Louisiana State Penitentiary Wastewater Treatment Plant, which you got to have a treatment plant in the largest right. maximum security prison in America. Right. Uh, it serves the entire complex, and the prison also houses an all-purpose arena. Yep. Which is where they do the radio. That's right. And, and they built that, too. Um, the history of the infrastructure. Camp H, a prisoner housing facility that is no longer in service. Camp A, the former slave quarters for the plantation, was the first building to house inmates in the early 21st century. Camp A did not house prisoners. Um, Charles Wolfe. And Kip Lornell, authors of The Life and the Legend of Lead Belly, say that during the 1930s, Angola was even further removed from decent civilization than it was in the 1990s. The two added that that's the way the state of Louisiana wanted it for Angola, held some of the meanest inmates. In 1930, about 130 women, most of them black, were imprisoned in Camp D. In wow. 19- 30, People right? don't know that. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, my grandmother worked there and in, in, in the, uh, I guess, in the early 40s. But in, in 1930, Camp A, which held around 700 black inmates, was close to the center of the Angola institution. Inmates worked on levee control as a springtime high water posed a threat to Angola. Yep. The Mississippi River was nearly one mile wide in this area. Many inmates who tried to swim across drowned, and few of their bodies were recovered. Yeah, I can imagine that, y'all. The, uh, the prison hospital opened in the 1940s. The campus had only one permanent nurse and no permanent doctor. Y'all listen to another blood episode mm-hmm. of Bloody Angel. We talked about the angel. Uh, they called her the angel. In the 1980s, the main road, road, to, road to Angola had not been paved. It has since been blacktop. Now... It, I was there like eighty nine or something like that. The the it was blacktop then, but it still wasn't straightened out like it was. It was a curvy ass road at the Tunica Hills. The Out Camp buildings constructed in nineteen thirty nine as the WPA project during the Great Depressions were renovated in the nineteen seventies. During May nineteen ninety three, the building's fire safety violations were reported. In June of that year, Richard Stalder, who was the head of the Department of Corrections when I was there. The Secretary of the Department of Corrections said Angola would close the buildings if LDP and SNC did not find millions of dollars to improve the buildings. And there you have it. And look, you mentioned Lead Belly in there. We need to do an episode right? on Lead Belly. Lead Belly. That's y'all, an original y'all, that's a, uh, music. The, uh, very inspiring music. And a shout out to Thomas Kane for doing our yes. for uh and You know, uh, he... Headline his first full headliner gig at the Texas, at Club. Texas Club. Yeah, and they said they had a hell of a crowd. Yeah, yeah, and and, and he rocked it to the point where they had to pull him off the stage at twelve thirty. Supposed to quit at midnight. Come so on, he was just jamming it out. <laughs> I hadn't heard that, yeah, Thomas. Thomas sorry, I missed <laughs> Go that ahead, man. Brother. And uh, uh, I love, love, love every time I hear that theme song. Yeah, yeah, it's all love, yeah. and and uh, he. 
he wrote uh, along with you know his, his wife Lucy and yeah. and uh, another gentleman. They wrote that song uh, for us, and uh, and we were just absolutely honored. And really appreciate you, Thomas. And that was a fun episode, Woody. I hope y'all, I hope y'all kind of got a good grasp of of what Angola is outside of just a present, right? You know, it's so much history to this place. I love these kind of episodes. I I do too. And then we we told you it always brings something different. But everything we just told you about, think about this: there's six thousand of the worst murders and rapists in just horrible people yep how's there yep wrap your mind around that yeah but anyway thank y'all for listening we appreciate you patreon members thank you so much couldn't do it without you y'all keep sharing and downloading and liking and um keep helping us grow we appreciate it we've had such mag success and we're blessed and we love y'all to pieces. And I and I have been getting uh, several messages from people asking when are you going to do another live, right, and maybe right, something right. in the fall. Right. We'll look at yeah. we'll yeah. look at doing. Uh, we really appreciate the interest and uh, and we love doing that. It's right. fun, and, and we'll try to schedule for that LSU off weekend. Yeah, there you go. That's right. So until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everson. Your host of Bloody Angola. A podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. Peace. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay. Straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hill String Gang, Wrangle the Three. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.